This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Dana Cooper's lifelong passion to perform music began at the age of two in Kansas City, heavily influenced by his father George. He began playing in bands in his early teens and by the age of 20 had moved to L.A. to pursue a record deal with Elektra Records. Now, an impressive 28 albums later, Dana joins us to talk about his new CD, I Can Face the Truth, on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Good morning, Dana. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Greg. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you today. I am speaking to you presently in Nashville. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Um, but not your original home? Well, originally I'm from Missouri, uh, and uh, I got out of there pretty much as quickly as I could um, <laughs> just to head out to I did the college coffeehouse circuit for a while, and then I went out to California when I was 20, and and gravitated down to Texas and eventually to Nashville. <laughs> All in the pursuit of music. All in pursuit of music, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I was reading through some of the uh, uh, some of your bio, and uh, you, you got started pretty early, right, in Kansas City with music or music I appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, music appreciation. Yeah, I did. I uh, I got my first guitar when I was twelve, and. Uh, I started playing drums around the same time, and uh, I, I was much better at banging on things than I was at figuring out how to play uh, <laughs> play a guitar. So it took me about a year there, 12 to 13. I kind of noodled around on it, started writing some songs, and uh, playing in uh, you know little high school bands, uh, playing drums, or guitar, and singing. And uh, yeah, I kind of by the time I was 16, I guess I was playing the the a couple of the prestigious uh, folk clubs in Kansas City, the Vanguard and the Sun Coffeehouse, and as well as continuing to play in bands, I kind of always mixed it up a little bit. But started playing my songs out then, and 
mixed up with, you know, cover songs of various kinds. Do you recall so, yeah, then, a, a moment in your younger days when it was pretty clear to you this is what you wanted to pursue? Well, yeah, I mean, right around that time, I guess, by the time I was around 16, um, now I held on to some some questions and some doubts about it, which were fed, of course, by my, my, my family and stuff, too, on and off, just they were concerned for me, <laughs> and my mother in particular. <laughs> it seems but, to be the uh, story of every musician. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> when are you going to get an education and get a real job, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, I understand it. The older I get, the, the, the more clearly I see the, the picture there for the parents. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... Uh, <clears throat> I, I kept I persisted in it. You know, I, I, I had some acumen for drawing and for painting. And my mother's a, a painter and my sister and, and my mother's brother, my uncle Frank. And, you know, there's a whole line of painters and on her side of the family. And I had a painting scholarship to college. Mm. And uh, I went for well, I went to school about a year. I attended classes about half the year. And uh, the rest of the time I just spent sitting under a tree playing guitar for girls. Uh, it was a. <laughs> It was an all-women's Catholic college. Oh, wow. the year I went there. I became co-ed, so I was one of three men on campus with all these girls. And uh, so, about a year into that, I just I, I just gave up and walked away from the scholarship, which pretty much really disillusioned my mother. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you know, I went out eventually as soon as I could. I got out on the road, did the college coffeehouse circuit for for about four or five months, and until I was fired from the. For using bad language at Lutheran College, where I oh, played, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, you know, I was way into Lenny Bruce at the time, and had to talk dirty and influence people, and I was kind of incorporating some pretty provocative language in my shows, and uh, yeah, it didn't didn't bode well for yeah, I the, can uh, college coffee house <laughs> circuit at the time. The kids loved it, but the faculty didn't. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, but so, I, I knew pretty early on, you know, I was always really into music. My father was super into music. He took me to see Ernest Tubb when I was three. Wow. So, um, he uh, planted and a it seed. Was quite, yeah, it was quite, a, uh, it was not like just going to the concert. I mean, we had to go walk for miles and get on a freight train and rode on a caboose into Kansas City to, wow. uh, and rode a bus over to Kansas City, Kansas to see him. So it was like, it was a real big deal for my dad to do that. Uh -huh. And, uh, he had, I don't know how he even afforded to do it, honestly. He was so broke, but he did. And and so very early on, I was, I'd already been into the radio and listening to songs and singing along with the radio with my dad. He got a kick out of that. And so, I, you know, I, in retrospect, I think I knew more than I realized right. at the time. Um, yeah. 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 It took me a while to really latch onto it and get, okay, you know, one could actually pursue this as a, some kind of a career. <clears throat> And and if I read correctly, you you ended up at a fairly young age in California recording an album. I did. I I went out there when I was twenty, and uh, uh, before I was twenty one, I had a a record deal on Electra Records. Uh, I actually signed the contract when I was twenty one. We waited to sign the contract, and I went in the studio. I guess it came out when I was uh, it came out in seventy three. Wow. So I was 22 when yeah. it actually was released. But I got to work with, uh, you know, uh, Russ Conkle, Leland Sklar of the section, and uh, a bunch of people from Wrecking Crew, uh, Jim Gordon, okay. um, yeah. Joe Osborne, yeah, Jim Horn, all those folks. So I had the 
That's pretty big for uh, for a musician in the seventies. You know, it, it's not like it is today. Um, you know, you had to you had to get somebody's attention, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was very fortunate there, and uh, of course, I now I realize how little of a clue I had um, <laughs> about any of it. And uh, at the time, I thought, well, hell, I've read Rolling Stone magazine. I I know what the music right, yeah. is all about him. <laughs> but uh, I, I, yeah, I, it was a. Uh, I got dropped uh, a year and a half or so after that, if the record came out and I toured the country and yeah, you know, I got to open for people like Towns Van Zandt and that Towns for the first time and uh, Lil Kotke and Persuasions and wow. John Fahey, people like that. So yeah. it was, it was a real interesting uh, time for me. I mean, just, it, it truly was. And it was devastating when I lost my deal, but, uh, yeah. but you know, about a year later, I, I realized that it, that was probably the best thing that could happen to me at the time. Hmm. Uh, was, yeah, I was just living a, a little too wild there. I don't know how long I would have lasted that race. So, um, yeah, it was it was a real experience, and and I've I've since seen uh, Russ and, and Leland. Uh, when I opened uh, some shows for La Lovett. He's an old friend, and mm-hmm. he, he used to open for a band I had in Texas years ago when he was a college kid. So once in a while, he kindly lets me do the same for him now and uh russ and and kakali and lascar were playing in his band and i was in my little dressing room and there's a knock at the door and open up and there are these two guys i hadn't seen them since that recording but they remembered me and were so sweet and gracious i mean i just wow really blew me away yeah wow (laughs) that's cool so so uh, you've been able to record 20 some almost 30 records uh over the course of your career how much of that has been intentional uh you know a a, a calculated uh journey of sorts or or has it kind of just been this just kind of a tumbling troubadour just pursuing the thing that that turns you on well i guess a little both really i mean you know i really take a lot of uh uh, it, it takes a lot to put out a record. I see these great accomplishments that human beings uh, make, you know, and, I, and achieve, and I just I don't understand how how they do it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how anyone makes a film, for instance, from just making a a ten to fourteen, fifteen song album takes so much time and mm-hmm. effort and thought. But uh, yeah, it's all been uh, you know the majority of those projects were things I did either with on my own or with my band and uh, DC3, Nuclear Family, folks like that. And then some of them were done with, with Shake Russell, a handful of those, probably four or five of them, I guess, actually, over the years that we did. Uh, we were play, playing and writing partners, and uh, he grew up in Kansas City as well, so we met when we were teenagers there. So mm. it's really, uh, you know, um, it's... It, you said something about a journey, and it truly has. I was just thinking this the other day. What an interesting uh, path has been for me, and and mm-hmm. how fortunate I've been. I mean, I've always been able to, uh, as down, low down, and, and uh, impoverished as I might have been at any point in time. I always had music to turn to, mm-hmm. and and to do these projects, uh, to work with such incredible musicians all my life. I mean, I just it's a yeah, it, it's, it's quite a thing. I, I learn a lot from all these folks. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Songwriting has obviously been a, 
a central part of that, right? You're doing mm-hmm. all original music. When, when did that? When did you realize that that was going to be the thing that allowed you to record so many records? Well, I guess I, I mean I really I was always so into the songwriting and and loved to, to do it and wanted to do it so much and 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 I saw very clearly at the onset uh, just how. Uh, bad i was at it at the time (laughs) how much i had to learn you know we all set up these you know we have our goals we have our our heroes and heroines that we look up to and try to meet up to you know and uh so i was always doing that and as discouraging as it was i always would you know pull my boots up again and go okay let's try again Mm -hmm. so we can make it better and uh but really i guess around that time of the electra album that's when i started seriously thinking okay you know, uh, yes, maybe the songwriting path is going to be uh, <clears throat> the way I go. In fact, I turned down a, a songwriting deal, uh, and um, it was uh, I was introduced to the guy I would share an office uh, uh, office with, and and you know this was at A and M Records, mm. <clears throat> and I uh, I really was tempted to take that. But uh, I really wanted to be an artist. And, uh, you know, I, that's one of the things I've thought back on a lot. I wonder if, if I had done that, uh, you know, if I had taken that gig, mm-hmm. I think things would have been, well, obviously, any change you make would completely change your, mm-hmm. your, your path. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, and, and, I, you know, for many years, I doubted and second-guessed myself as a writer. And, mm-hmm. In fact, in Los Angeles, by the time I left there, you know, I, I literally went to two different offices in one day to meet with executives, and I played music for each of them. And one of them said, your songs are too repetitious. They're just too repetitious. And I went, you know, an hour later, met another guy, and he seriously said to me, your songs aren't repetitious enough. Wow. And I <laughs> thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> I went back to my little apartment and tried to write a song based on what these two guys had said to me. And I just... I just gave up. I just left LA. I said, that's crazy. I can't do this. Wow. No, that's not. So anyway, um, <clears throat> once I kind of quit listening completely to uh, all those folks, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, or not completely quit listening, but uh, gauged and balanced out people's advice and suggestions a little more and mm-hmm. started to believe a little more and, and have a little stronger convictions to what, into what I was doing. But, you know, that stuff continues on. I mean, I, I would think for anyone creative, it's, you're always going to have some amount of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. I always am very suspicious of people who don't seem to have any. But, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have a process? Uh, you know, does the song just hit you and you've got to sit down and get it on paper? Or do you? is it more methodic than that? Sometimes it's like a bolt of lightning. Sometimes it's like just you know you st- st- struck a match and there's a little spark. I mean, it's it's just um, there's a lot of uh, just building block kind of stuff. I have to have yeah, I've got to have some. Um, mu- it usually comes from the music these days. Mm-hmm. I think initially it was really you know I wrote poetry, then I started setting poetry to music, and I yeah and and. Now it's it's more likely that I'll have fifteen or twenty musical ideas in a you know in a month, hmm. and uh, and uh, out of those, uh, I may not write anything, mm-hmm. or I may find a gem in there and go, I really want to pursue this. Um, hmm. 
And that'll sometimes come from a line, a lyric that'll pop into my head somewhere uh, on a walk. I take long walks every day, and that usually is a good time to get some kind of ideas, mm-hmm. rhythm ideas, a lyric idea, something. Um, and uh, and then I just start to, yeah, I mean, I've always sort of got something. I'm always working on something. Uh, uh, and once in a while, uh, things will... Uh, like I said, just like a bolt of lightning, you'll just, like, wow, I have to write this. This is coming to me right now, mm-hmm. the music and the lyric kind of together, at least some seed that I can start developing, you know, and, and run with. And uh, But really, rhythms and melodies, music, all the different guitar tunings, those things, really, I just have so much fun playing with them. And uh, that's where I, you know, the most exciting ideas come for me mm-hmm. out of those things. Um and uh, the rhythm itself might imply melody. If I don't have mm. a melody, just a beat. Mm. Uh, or if I just have written a few lines, uh, I'll say them out loud and kind of, you know, different inflections and expression. And out of that, I can get the hand of a melody mm. um, to kind of, yeah. Uh, I, I really prefer that, you know, the thing when, when you come up with, when I come up with music first, which, like I said, is usually how it is now, uh, I have a surplus of music ideas, and those uh, that can be hard to, you know, when there's mm-hmm. something you really dig playing, and you can just sit there and just play it over and over and over again relentlessly, and no words come to you because you just kind of get so lost in the music and the mm-hmm. rhythm. <laughs> and it's like, well, what am I going to say here? That's yeah. always my... That's always my big question. What is it I want to yeah. say? So. Interesting. And the latest culmination, of course, is is the record that's it's on the way out. Um, I can face the truth. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That's it. And that's I, I, due out this month, February. Correct. February eighteenth is the rele- official release date. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the songs on this one. Uh, were you working on this? This is a project intentionally, or you got to a certain point when you knew you had enough to to do another record? Well, this one's real different from yeah. Usually, that's how it is for me. I usually have a collection of things, and I'm just sort of ready. Okay, now I need to get in there and do a record with you know. And this one, uh, I wasn't there yet. You know, I really uh, my career honestly was sort of just. Uh, languishing there i felt like and mm. uh, the last cd i'd put out um uh incendiary kid which i really was proud of worked on that with tom utes and again just incredible players on there i, I thought the songs were really good mm-hmm. uh you know uh, i was on a little label that did the best they could with it um not much happened with it and my touring was slowing down so for a couple of years i'd kind of been in this just uh, i was still doing it but and loving it when I could get up on stage and play, but really, you know, kind of in a quandary is what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And I went to see, um, I think it was a year to the day of my mother's death, or it was right around there, um, because two days later, I went to the studio with Dave Coleman. I ran into him uh, at a club. He was playing there with a band, his band. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen Dave over the years with different people, a lot of different artists. Just he, he, I loved his musicality, so I went up and talked to him. And we'd met earlier, just never really talked. And he said, well, "Look, I love what you do too. Why don't you come over to my studio and and listen to some of the things I've been producing and working on and co-producing, and uh, see if you want to record something? We'll hmm. record a song of yours and see if you like it, and then we could talk about what to do." Mm-hmm. And it was just the perfect thing. 
uh, I went in there with I Can Face the Truth, which I had written up long before that, and uh, and we just uh, recorded the song that day. And by the end of the day, I just looked through my photos the other day on the 17th of October. Uh, is our first is the day we did that. Took mm. a, a selfie of the two of us in the studio, and we we said, "Let's we're going to do a record project." Well, it was 2018, wow. and uh, <laughs> it took <laughs> that long to uh, to get this whole thing going. Yeah, um, but we started. Uh, I was touring a lot, and I just kind of wrote the songs. A lot of them on the road. Uh, I co-wrote some of these songs with friends of mine, Tom Kimmel. Um, a couple of the songs were older songs that I had never recorded. Uh, one from the seventies and one from the nineties. Oh, cool. um, okay. And and I I have always wanted to record them as perfect. It just fit the the, uh, the it fit the project really well. I felt like so. And the rest of them, yeah, I had a, couple, a few more that were written, and then I just had some that were partially written. I finished off with co-writers or on my own. And, Wrote a couple of new ones uh, right in the middle of the project. Uh, I know a girl wrote with with, uh, with Dave Coleman, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, Upside Down Day I wrote to, on my own right at the start of the pandemic when I was out in Washington State. Uh, played my last show and got in my car, drove home in a couple of days, uh, just straight through. I'd slept in parking lots and you know. Yeah, uh, stopped at rest areas and, and just uh, ate out of my ice cooler and got myself home and shut the door for, you know, a year. <laughs> so we didn't work on the project for quite a while. It took uh, getting back in slowly once COVID lightened up a little bit, mm-hmm. shut down again, everybody getting vaccinated, going in again. Uh, so as a real, I've never done anything like that. I've never been through a pandemic before, so there you right, go. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> So do you have a plan for being able to get out and share this music? You've got a tour lined up, or how, do you have anything like that set up? I do, Greg. I've got a tour. Uh, my manager, Corinne, is just booking the heck out of me. Yeah, and, uh, awesome. You know, it's real. Uh, we're starting in Texas February and March. Uh, I think for February 20th, I'm in San Antonio, the Lonesome Rose, and I go from there over to Austin, Cactus Cafe, Houston, Anderson, Fair, and a bunch of little towns like Temple and and uh, New Braunfels, and yeah, uh, go to Fort Worth. So I'm doing that whole thing uh, through the middle of March. Then, right at the end of March, go up and do a couple of things in Michigan. Yeah, it's it's uh, going to be in New England probably in, okay. uh, in the fall. I know I've got things booked up there. So all through the year, I have stuff all over the country. And uh, That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just being cautious that yeah sure yeah yeah so if if folks want to hear the the new record or uh listen to your catalog or, or reach out and get in touch what's the best way to do all that well my website is always a good place for a lot of that stuff and if my tour schedule get on the email list to see what i've got for sale and that kind of thing um uh and that's dot um pretty easy and social and, media uh, all, all those outlets? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, okay. on Twitter, doing all that stuff. Uh, Music on the Spotify and iTunes and all those places? 
Yes, it's yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. It's up all those places. I'm not pulling anything down yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I, yeah, I, I, know. I know. I but I, from my viewpoint, it's you know, it it helps to educate people about what I'm doing, turn sure. them on to me and yeah, sure. my music. Right. It's like, well, every way you can do that. At this point, I. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One fan at a time. Right. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Dan. It's been good uh, hearing your story, and and uh, I'm always intrigued. Uh, every songwriter seems to have a slightly different uh, a way of approaching their craft, and so it's always it's always interesting to hear how how you guys do that. So I appreciate you sharing that with us, and we wish you the best with this new record. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.